as you're turning there, the title as you see in the bulletin says, Serving with Compassion. You can subtitle it, I have, is Loving to Serve. And the key thing that both those words have is service. And we're going to talk about what it means to serve. Oftentimes we talk about service, what is required of somebody to do something because it's their duty. But I want to talk about how we do service because of love. God says that if you love him, you obey his commands, which suggests and also implies that you are serving him, doing his will. And so it also points out that if you love God, you serve him. And then also points out that we so oftentimes that we're not being loving towards God when we don't serve him. Not to say you don't love him, but at that time you're showing that you don't love him as much as you should. Many of us, many of us say we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength. We say that, but then we go around and lie to somebody. We, we go around and curse somebody out. We go around and cheat somebody, whether it be a board game or real money. We do these things saying we love God. Also to point out that if you love God, then you will not do those things. Something doesn't add up. In our text, in the gospel according to Mark, greatness is between, in this chapter, in this 10th chapter, we're talking about greatness. And of Mark, he's teaching in, in, the, in this 10th chapter, Mark teaches on divorce. Uh, the rich young ruler, unable to give up all to follow Jesus, prompting Jesus to teach with, with God all things are possible. Then for the third time, Jesus predicts his death and his resurrection. Then James and John ask about being great in the kingdom of Christ. And, and then after they ask that, then Jesus heals a blind Bartimaeus. On his way to Jerusalem to die for our sins. What this suggests, how this is sandwiched in between so much, is that Jesus is preparing his disciples of serving him in his absence. And in this same text, we just celebrated the Martin Luther King Day. And then some of you might have came to the afternoon program when they give out the drum major awards. The Dr. Martin Luther King preached his last message from his church from the same text called the drum major instinct. Saying everybody has a drum major in them that wants to be in the front of the parade, wants it to be all about them, wants to be in the lead, wants to be in the front. And he says there's nothing wrong with that, but we have to learn to harness that. Because before we get mad at James and John, we are like the same way that we want what we can get and that will best serve us. Some of you are probably unfamiliar with this story, so let me read it to you. Mark 10, chapter, verse 35, it says in the New Living Translation, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in its places of honor next to you, one on your right hand, the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you, do, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able. 
Then Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he had chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many, loving to serve. If you look early in this, in this chapter, in this discourse of how Mark is telling his gospel in verse 31 of Mark 10, he says this, that, but many of you who, will, who are first will be last, and the last shall be first. Just as a response that Jesus uh, gave to Peter, when Peter says, uh, how can anybody who's given up everything make it to the kingdom of God? Too many times in our lives we get caught up with what the world has suggested us. But first I want to point out to you that the world has it all wrong. The world will always brag and boast who's the best. They make out the list on who is number one. We get caught up looking at those same commercials or what, how to dress. So much so that they tell you if you wear this perfume or this cologne or wear this name brand, all of a sudden you become attractive. Or if you buy this cream, it'll clear your skin up better than anybody else's cream, and all of a sudden you'll be attractive. Or rub this cream on your head and you'll have hair and you'll get that promotion. <laughs> Don't you see those commercials? So people say, well, let me give it a try. If I try this, it's going to work. But I'm telling you, the world has it all wrong. The world has us thinking, how can I put myself in the front in order that I can get that exposure? How that I can get the, the claim to fame? You, get, you can understand why James and John did this, because we do the same thing. Do we not go to our bosses trying to see how can we get that raise? Do we not go to our teachers wondering how can I get that better grade? Do we not go to mom and dad seeing how can I find favor with them in order to go outside? We, we get sometimes that we say, how can I be up in the front? But sometimes we get caught up that we want it for the wrong reasons. So I'm trying to let you know, it's not bad to be great, but the world has it all wrong. Jesus pointed out how the world will load it over. When you have to tell somebody your position in order for them to do something, you got it all wrong i say it again, that went over somebody's head. If you have to tell somebody your position in order for them to do something, you have it all wrong. Many times that we want to remind somebody, well, I'm the one in charge, so you do what I say. You can demand something, and somebody will do it. But you can also request something, and somebody might do it even better. Demanding means that I gave you no choice to do this job. So the one that's been demanded the job will do the job, but it might not be the best job. But when you request somebody to do something, then out of their love, they'll make sure they do some things. You, you see it. Don't you see it in those stories when somebody loves somebody, right? They, want, they ask me to get them a cup of coffee. 
So they go and get him a cup of coffee all inside. Get him a big, a large coffee. They never get a small. Always get a large one. They come back with everything, all kinds of sugars, the regular sugar, the, the no-calorie sugar, all different kind of cream, the flavor cream. They say, here you go. I don't know which one you like. They say, black is good. You're like, man. But that's what we do because we want to do something for somebody so we go above and beyond to make sure the job is done right. Because we want that need of being needed. But Jesus points out that the Gentiles do it for the wrong reason. That when you look at it, it could be the Gentiles or the nations or whosoever saying that those who are not of me have it all wrong. But if you are my disciples, then you need to do, do a disciple check. Do, do you use your authority to be served? Do you fight to be in places of honor? Do you secretly get mad when you are not recognized? Because sometimes you don't publicly fight to be in places of honor. Sometimes you don't publicly fight to be recognized, but you get upset. When somebody does not recognize you for the job you've done, you get upset. When somebody else's name is mentioned and you help them out and your name's not mentioned, you get upset. When that program is printed and all the names are mentioned but not your name, you need to check yourself. Because it's not to serve to be recognized, but to serve just to serve. Let me rewind. Let me go back to the title, Loving to Serve. Many times, service implies some things. It implies sacrifice. Second, I point out to you that greatness is good when it has sacrifice. Jesus says the greatest one is the slave of all. Wait a minute. Rewind that. Come back again. Jesus, all I know is these other, you know, 11 disciples. You tell me I can serve them, but serve all. It's it's, it's impossible to serve all. What do you mean, serve all? Be last. Be last. What do you mean, be last? You want to be great, right? Yes, we want to be great. I can't give you my right hand nor my left hand, but you can be great. Wait a minute, you. Greatness means that we're in a places of authority. We're all sitting at your right hand. We're being recognized in, in your kingdom. That's greatness. Greatness is when everybody says your name. They bow down or they get excited. That's greatness. Greatness is not being a slave of everybody. But yet, Jesus says, in order for you to be great, you first must be a servant. And then he says, for you to be the greatest. Y'all see that? To be the greatest, you have to be the servant of all. Which one here is the greatest? We should be striving to beat out each other in serving. We should be fighting to beat each other in giving. We should not say it's somebody else's job. Because have y'all heard that story about somebody? Nobody and everybody. And you know the moral of the story that nobody always does a job. But anybody could have done it. And that's what it comes down to is that we realize that I can serve, but somebody else will serve. But it ends up nobody will serve. That's why oftentimes we have lists up. I, I might not be talking about this church, but y'all know what church, other churches. We might have lists up asking for people to serve. And it stays blank to the last day. Because everybody thinks somebody's going to sign up. And then somebody comes asking, your name not on that list. He says, oh, yeah, I put my name down. Then you go to put your name down. You realize there's nobody else on that list. Then what you do, you go get other people. So you won't be doing it alone. 
But yet, when it's serving time, people should be fighting to put their name down on the list. It's a sad state what happened down in Haiti. But many times, there's always a crisis when people come together to serve. Why do we always got to wait when things become the worst? We can be serving now. We, 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 we get caught up sometimes because we want to be seen. But I, I've seen a lot of humility now in this time of Haiti. And I, I haven't seen nobody trying to grandstand, nobody trying to say I'm the best. But you've seen stars and athletes alike coming together and say, I'm going to give what I have to match, to donate whatsoever, to help out. That's service. You can see it now because there are some people in there that want to be the forefront, but they realize that now is not the time. There's a time to be in the front, but there's also a time that you need to be in the, in the back. To be great, you got to serve all and not be choosy who you serve. To be great does not mean I just serve in a certain committee. We know how those committee people are. Only in certain committees. They get recognized. They make sure that people know what they do. I, I, I go to, to, uh, to, it's a sad state, but I go to many places and I'm always in, introduced by people and I get their name, their title, and their place. And it's nice to know all of that, but I really just want to know who you are. You understand what I'm saying here? How, how would you like me to always come up to you? And you know me. I always come up to you. I'm Pastor Duran, Samuel Duran of Zion Baptist Church. Y'all be like, I know who you are, fool. So therefore, I always try to greet myself like this, because Sam I am, green A's at hand. <laughs> I say that, one, for people to remember my name. Two, because I love that book, Green A's at hand. <laughs> and, and, and I realize that in all humility, I'm just Sam. Dr. King, in preaching this message, drum major instinct, he closed out the message, and it was so profound. When he spoke it in February, he was assassinated in April. His funeral in that same month, his wife had to repeat what he said. And what he said was, they can talk about all of my awards, but I don't want to hear that. They don't need to mention all of my countless accomplishments. I don't want to hear that. But I do want to hear that I fed the hungry. I clothed the naked. He made sure that don't get caught up with my titles. But did I do the work of the Lord? Are you willing to work that same way? Because it, 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 it checked me because I have my dreams out. Many of you might have wrote out your dreams in school, high school, college, or maybe just last week, rolling out how, where you want to be. I, I have my idea. I think I told my mom all this day, all these things I was supposed to accomplish by age 30. It came and went. None of those things have been accomplished. But I'm still working on them now. But see, I wanted those things done so that I would be recognized, that I would get awards, and I'd be on people's TV shows, and I'd be traveling around. I said, oh, I'm going to be great. Then I'm reading this text, and Jesus tells me, if you really want to be great, you need to serve all. So, so that does not mean just serve my needs so I'll be recognized, but serve somebody else's needs so their needs will be recognized. 
See, when you love somebody, this is what service looks like. Many of you might have read that book or had in our Sunday school class. The five love languages, an act of service. And many times people see this act of service such as things like this. When the husband or the spouse is out at the grocery store, they call and see what the other one needs. That went over somebody's head. Because they took the time to realize, I really want to serve whom I love, so how can I take care of that? Or they make sure that their gas tank is never on empty, and they go fill it up without them asking. Or they make sure the car getting dirty. They wash the car and make sure it's sparkling to finish when they come in. Or they see the dishes are dirty. They put the dishes away and clean the dishes so they don't have to worry about that. I'm getting a few amens right now. But I, I can tell you that when you love somebody, you serve them, and you don't do it just to get a thank you. You serve it because you're telling them, thank you. You see, we get caught up that we want to serve somebody in order for them to recognize us. But can I tell you that doing good work is still not good enough? If good works is all it took, Jesus would not have died on the cross. It's just being good, doing good things to other good people, then Jesus would not have came down from heaven to this earth. But it points out to us that Jesus showing us what true service looks like. He said that I did not come to be served, but to serve others. That's what I say to you. Jesus taught us serving is our duty. Jesus points out in Luke, the 17th chapter, verse 1 through 10. I'm not going to read it to you, but here's the crux of the matter. He says, a master comes in after a slave has done his work in the field. And after the slave has done his work, he, does the master say, sit down and enjoy this meal? No. The master gets served the meal by the servant. Why? Because the servant has only done his duty. And it took me a while to understand what that meant. It points out this, that when you do your job, you should not get a parade. Y'all know some people like that at your job. They show up on time for the first time. They want to make a big deal. You're supposed to be here on time. There's no big deal about this. Big deal to you because you're lazy. Can I tell like it is? Come on, I know we lay for a lot of reasons. Most of the time it's just because we're lazy. You got up earlier, you live earlier. You get on time early. You leave late, you get to work late. No matter what you do, speed. Only going to make up two seconds. Come on now, y'all laughing like that ain't true. I learned my lesson when I got my speeding ticket when I was 17. I learned my lesson. Took that class and woke up. I, I, I won't make up no time. Okay, just cruise. Haven't got a speed ticket since. Now, we need to realize this, that when we serve our Lord, our God, we're not serving so he can say, look how well we have done, but we're serving because we look how good he's been to us. You see, Jesus said, I came to serve and to give up my life. His service was his life. Wait a minute. Rewind, his service was his life. He served 
in giving his life so that we won't experience death and punishment. He said he served to give his life as a ransom. In other words, he said, I gave my life in the place of yours. Let that sit for a moment. I put my life in the place of yours. I want us to really understand that when Jesus calls us to obey his commands, he's calling us to serve him. And we say how we love Jesus, and we sing those songs over and over again. But remember, love is like a light going through a prism. It refracts and shows different spectrums of colors. Love is not a warm and fuzzy feeling. Love has forgiveness. Love has mercy. Love has compassion. Love has kindness. Love has service. So if you can't serve somebody, how do you love them? Service is not when it's convenient. Service when it's hard and when it's rough. You think it was easy for Jesus to carry that rugged cross for your sake? And think about as we're getting ready for the divine experience, a time of prayer and fasting. We, we want to be challenged because here's the challenge. We are calling the church to fast from the media. All right, who want to walk out now? That's right, that's right. Yeah, the Super Bowl coming up. That's right, the Winter Olympics is coming up. That's right, your favorite series might be starting that month. But yet, you won't, you'd rather have a more connection with your TV show than you will be connected with your God? You'd rather, you'd rather watch an episode of one show than spend an hour of prayer with God? Mm-hmm, you amens. That's what I expected. But we need to realize that we need to transform our community. We need to transform what the world has made our, our, our altar. We come and worship the TV. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I knew y'all were going to give me a good quiet on me. But th- this is it. This is it. I, 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 I turned my TV on, and I had my cable up about, about a year and a half, I think it was, or so, and I finally turned it on this year. I found I spent more time in front of my TV than I do anything else. And I realized why I read so many more books last year than I am now, because I turned the TV on, I just sit there, mesmerized, watching nothing. And when I get tired of that one nothing, I turn to another nothing. And, and, and then when I get so frustrated, I turn it off. And then I realize, why did I put it on in the first place? Amen. Then I pick up a book. But too many times we allow the TV and watch this, watch this, watch this. Studies show that people turn their TVs on even when they're not watching. Why? Because they're so used to putting that boob tube on that they put it on when they come in and don't even sit down. It's called background clutter and noise. And that background clutter and noise is drowning out God, calling out your name. You turn that noise up so high, you forget what it feels to sit down in quiet and stillness and be still and let no God is God. But we're crying out, say, Lord, in order to serve you, we need to be better connected to you. So how can I better serve you? Well, first and foremost, God, I need to remove some things that are hindering me. And one of the things that's hindered me is my own pride of thinking I know best. James and John thought they knew best. They you're about to be king, Jesus, and we want to rule with you. We, we, we boys, we've been with you all this time. Let us sit at your right and let us sit at your left. Jesus had to wake them up. 
The right and the left is not for me to give, but to whom it's been prepared for. But you can partake in this bitter cup and this baptism. What does that mean? You can partake in the suffering and the sacrifice that I'm going to go through. Do y'all get that? Did not Jesus tell them to you have to crucify your flesh? Pick up your cross and follow him. He's letting them know that you can partake in this journey, but yet you cannot have this glory. Because the glory belongs to the son alone. But yet in order for us to truly see him in his glory, we need to humble ourselves. God says he gives grace to the humble, but opposes the proud. Do you understand that when Jesus gave his life up, that he was ridiculed? They, they mocked him. Saying, if you are a king, come on down. If you're the Messiah. If you're the king, then you should be ruler. They put it up above him saying, the king of the Jews. But what did the Jews say? He's not our king. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing that, that, that Jesus went through all this ridicule. All of this embarrassment in order to serve us. We get caught up at our job that pays us well. Pays us well, and we don't want to even serve there. Go and tell the boss, he need to pay me more, because that's not my job description. I, I found out that you get paid more when you do more. And don't ask for it. That went over somebody's head. I had a job every summer, working at a grocery store. And I did such a great job every summer. Every summer I came back, they increased my pay. I didn't ask for it. I just asked for a job. And every time I got that job, I found out that it went up some dollars. Found out that I was getting paid some other people that was there longer than me. I ain't tell them. <laughs> but I showed up on time to do my job. And by me doing this job and serving there, I found favor in that place. That no matter when I came there, they said there's a job opening for you for from summertime to Christmas time, break time, any time. I could work there two days, three days, or the month. They made room for me. Everybody likes a hard worker. They can make room for a hard worker. But a lazy somebody, they know how to remove them. Jesus said the secret of the kingdom is not is no different. When you serve, you find greater rewards. But when you serve to get rewards, you get them, and that's all you get. But do you see Jesus saying that, that, that I am asking you to be great in order for you to be great? You need to serve and not serve grudgingly, but be serving of, your, of others around you. Be their slave. The word there is the kindness, where we get the word deacon. And that word is basically mean to serve. It's not a title to hold around and wrap around and say, look at me. Even another word for serving is minister. It does not mean just to preach and go tell it over the mountain, but it means to serve. And when we get caught up trying to tell somebody my title and my position, that you forgot what you're supposed to do behind the definition of that word. And it means to serve. And we see that Jesus brought it home. 
When you look in this text, it shows that Jesus is going on his way to Jericho. Then he goes to Jerusalem. And he's going to die on the cross. Before he told him who was great, he told him that the Son of Man will have to be crucified. And three days later, he will rise again. Before he got there, he told the rich man to give up everything and follow me. But the rich man left sad. And, and then Peter said, Jesus, we've given up everything to, to follow you. And Jesus reminded him, the, the last uh, shall be first and the first uh, shall be last. Letting Peter know, don't get caught up with the world because the world uh, has it all wrong. But it's good to be great when you're willing to serve. And Jesus showed us the way to serve and it's our duty. And what greater service than to give everything that you have. And Jesus brought it home saying this is how I'm going to serve you. You living a life doomed to die in hell. You're living a life caught in the chains of sin. You feel confined. You feel locked up and you're waiting for a transformation Transformation to come. Jesus realized in order for this transformation to come, somebody got to pay the price. And they looked around and everybody found out their pockets came up empty. They didn't have enough for a down payment. They didn't have enough for just a little payment. They couldn't even put it on a layaway. But Jesus says, don't worry about it. When they lay me down, I'll take it away. Because he said, my life will be given for the ransom for the many. If you don't understand that word ransom, all he's trying to say is that my life is going to take the place of your life. My life will take the place of your death. So my death will bring you life. And I'm talking to somebody here. So when you're serving Jesus, you're no longer saying, Lord, I'm just serving to be seen. But I'm serving because I want to see him. I'm serving because he's done so much for me. I'm serving not because it's demanded. I'm serving because I love you. I'm serving because you're merciful. I'm serving because you're gracious. I'm serving because you're righteous. I'm serving because you're holy. I'm serving because you saved a wretch like me. And so if you really want to see amazing grace explode in your life, start serving. Start serving. Give up whatever you need to give up. And start serving. Calling us for a month of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's time to serve him. Give duty to God. I, I, I know. I know I love me some TV. But I got to turn it off too. Mine's going to be off too. I'm not asked to do anything I'm not going to do. But can you turn it off come February 1st to February 20th? For the Lord, I'm serving you. I will give up this because, God, I desire to become closer to you. But if you want to get closer to your TV, I'm going to be praying for you. Because your TV can't heal you. Your TV can't touch to you. Your TV can't show up in the hospital where you at. There'll be another TV there. Not having the same channels you want. But yet, wherever you go, our God can give you everything. That's your need. Are you willing to serve him? Are you willing to serve him with love? Are you really loving to serve? Are you serving with compassion? Just serve him. 
going to have a time of prayer. Those who want to come to the altar, we're going to come with a heart of repentance and God, we're sorry. And then, and then, and then I'm sorry myself, but you don't have to come for you don't want to. But if you want to, just come on. Just come on. We're going to have a, just a time of crying out to God. Crying out to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we come to you, Lord. Come, come as you can. We come to you, God. Realize, Lord, what it means to serve you. Father, your word tells you that if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and seek your face and turn from their wicked ways, then you will heal here from heaven and heal the land. Oh, Lord, we're in need of healing. We're in need of touching. And, Father, we've come with a contrite heart, willing to give up, Father, what's hindering us from drawing closer to you. Father, we are sorry for TV stealing the time we should give to you. Father, Lord, we don't mean to hurt you, but we realize we have. Father, we want to make an altar in our house now. That no longer will the TV be our altar, but Lord, we'll make a, our living room, uh, the kitchen table, Lord, maybe be our bedroom. But Father, we're going to dedicate uh, this place to you in this time of 21 days of prayer and fasting to draw closer to you so we can better serve you. Father, we realize the enemy is trying to distract us. He's already putting thoughts in our head now that I'm still going to watch my favorite show. I'm still going to turn it on when I can. But, Father, we want to stand committed to you. Lord, if Jesus can give up being in the kingdom to come in flesh, to die a horrible death for us, Lord, for 21 days we can give up watching our favorite TV show, watching the TV that doesn't even give anything back to us. But, Father, we want to read your word. We want to be in pray. We want to draw closer. To you. Father, this is our service. This is our duty to honor you, to live for you. And Father, though, we're not doing this to brag to somebody say, look at me. The Bible tells us when we fast, God, we should not fast and let somebody see us. But we should wash and cleanse ourselves and look upright and up spirit. Because God, we're drawing closer to you. We're not doing it to gain sympathy from somebody else. But Lord, we're doing it just to draw closer to you. Then, Father, we want to see healing come when I can repent before you, God. Then I can report, repent to my wife, uh, to my husband, uh, to my children, the children back to their parents. Father, maybe to our neighbors, to whoever it is, God, because we need to reconcile. We need to bring healing back. Father, remove the pride. Remove the arrogance. Remove the attitude that we got it all together. Because, Father, on our best days, we're still nothing but filthy rags. Father, Lord, we're never good enough. There's none righteous before you. Father, Lord, we're sorry for the times we thought we were holy than thou. Lord, we're sorry for the times we stand up, we try to act like we got it all together. But, Lord, we are lost without you. You sustain us. You keep us. You cover us. You bring us through. And, Father, we're depending on you. So, Father, we commit ourselves to you. We want to establish and retain that covenant we should have with you by truly loving you, Lord, with all our heart, with all our might, with all our strength, that we serve you, we obey your commands, and that we fear you, that we will meditate on your word day and night so that we will not sin against you, 
that your word will be sweeter than a honeycomb, be a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet, that your word, almighty God, is, is, is perfect and true, holy and wonderful. Father, we want that word to be so powerful in us, God, that when times get rough, your word will calm us. It will soothe us. And, Lord, we'll gain this word because we're going to make sure we spend better time with you than we ever had before. And, Father, we're praying that this is not just a 21-day thing, but it's a continuous thing, God. That we make sure that we give room for you to move in our lives, to move in our house, to move in our heart. Father, we thank you. We love you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Oh, hallelujah. You can, you can hug somebody. You can shake their hands.